Welcome to a spooky episode of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlor. I was trying to think of something, like some spooky words I could replace there, but I, I didn't manage it, so it's just Stacey's Pop Culture Parlor. It's episode 134. I am your titular, Stacey. And joining me in the parlor this month is a friend of the show, my good buddy. And I feel like now the traditional October Halloween spooky spooktacular person it's jenny newman hello 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 do you know i was saying to a friend of mine uh saying we were doing this tonight and i was like yeah it's sort of become our tradition now in october to do like a spooky parlor episode so it's our thing and I'm it is our it. thing it's our thing me too all although although i've got to say i am scared of this one because of all the spooky things i've watched i've not really liked a lot of them and I've been trying really hard, trying really hard lately to be like more positive about things, partly because I don't want to like shit on things that other people like because the world is terrible and I don't want to ruin things for people because we have so few few things <laughs> to I hold know. on to. <laughs> so few things that are good. But also because like I just generally like I love a good rant every now and again, but genuinely mm-hmm. I quite enjoy being positive. That's <laughs> but um, it's not going to happen this episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got, I, do you know what? I had to. I wrote down notes today yeah. for this episode. Mm-hmm. Right, I actually wrote notes, but rather than rely on my memory because that's uh, well perimenopausal fogged to fuck. <laughs> I don't even have that excuse. I have to make note. I've got a, a specific notepad for podcast notes because I don't remember anything ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wrote down notes for things, and I have to say, the majority are towards the negative more than yeah. the positive. And, I would say it's like a sort of shit to average is where I'm landing with. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sort of more in the average. And when we get to a certain title, it's going to be like, but I really, really want to like it. I really want to like it. Mm. But and then we'll come to that. But when we get to it, uh, <laughs> you said. <laughs> 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 Do you know what? My niece and obviously we'll start talking about pop culture very soon but my niece came over for my birthday um which happened to fall on the same day as the queen's funeral which was uh let's just say an experience yeah um and uh, and she came over and she was like i'm gonna cheer you up with all my best jokes so she was telling me loads of jokes but nearly everything that she was saying was just resulting in her saying something related to poor but um <laughs> she thought it was really funny and then she kept rubbing her hands on her butt not like down a pat like over her clothes yeah. rubbing her hands on her butt and then rubbing them on my face and going haha butt face so that's <laughs> that's how I spent my birthday <laughs> hey she knows her audience man Tell uh, me. She, she came in and she said pooey birthday that was the first <laughs> thing she said and then I said happy butt day and she couldn't stop laughing <laughs> She just needs to move on to fart jokes because farts are still, whatever age you're at, a fart is still funny. I don't know why. They are. Very comical. (laughs) Right, let's talk about some scaries. Let's talk about some spookums. What do you want to talk about first? There's been a few things that we can talk about. I feel feel like I want to get to Halloween end, but I want to build to it. I don't want to just jump to it. So I thought maybe I'll start with... The first spooky-ish thing I watched mm-hmm. uh, in recent weeks, which for me, uh, as soon as it dropped on Disney Plus, was Hocus Pocus 2. Okay. 
Uh, this, I, this is in my notes too, and now I'm frightened that we're going to have a falling out. It's okay. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I was because I was at I was at my brother's uh, house sitting and dog sitting for him when it was on, so I, it was just me. I got to watch it alone with no interruptions, and I did enjoy it. But I recognise that I enjoyed it purely for certain reasons, and those reasons did not include the story, the script, <laughs> some of the acting. The re- <laughs> Honestly, the main reason I enjoyed it was because the three ladies were back together and they were singing and dancing. And I fucking loved all of that. Yeah. And um, having uh, Doug Jones come back as Billy. Yeah. Those were about the only things that I really enjoyed about it. I loved the girls um, like Bette Midler singing uh, The Witch is Back. I thought that was so, I had so much fun watching them do that. And then when they did um, oh, Frack. One way or another, wasn't it? One way or another, called? thank you, because I was going to say something completely different and I knew it was wrong. <laughs> oh, I was going to say something like, I love rock and roll. It's not that song. It's not that song. One way or another. And I thoroughly enjoyed that too. But the problem I had with it, um, uh-huh. it was good fun. Don't get me wrong. I could sit and listen to it and have it on again another night because I don't need to pay attention to watch it. The problem I had with it was I didn't care. Like, yeah. Like it was a sweet, it was a sweet-ish story. I didn't necessarily need to know their backstory, although that was an interesting angle to take. And it's not even about like nostalgia. It's not even about nostalgia. It's that the original film from 1993, I cared about the cast. It had a much better story and script. And mm-hmm. it felt like real thought was actually put into the writing of it, not just a, that the ladies want to come back and do it. The film is that the original film was beloved. Yeah. Let's do a sequel, you know. And then we had this film that, I honestly didn't care about the three <laughs> girls no, or anything that went on with them. And I felt like we didn't necessarily need to. And some of the stuff that the sisters got up to when they did arrive, you know, most of it was sort of cheap, campy laughs that weren't great. I mean, I don't get me wrong. It was my first time watching. So I was just in heaven watching them sing and dance <laughs> and having a good. I did have a good giggle at some of the jokes. Mm. But I didn't think that the three Sanderson sisters in this one were necessarily as wicked or even evil as they were in the first one. Like yeah. I would be, I would be scared of those three sisters from the original movie, especially Winifred. Mm-hmm. Then I would be of the second one because in the second one they seemed even more stupid. Yeah. So uh, I landed very much in the did not like this at all camp. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think part of it was because Hocus Pocus, the first one, like means a lot to me (laughs) um like it was a it was a huge thing that like me and my family watched like every halloween when we were kids and it was like a big it was like the big deal because you you know when you're when you're a kid and you get you think you're watching a scary movie as i wish halloween off and i had a lot of problems with the second one that i feel like could have been fixed quite easily that would have made it less shit like the first thing that bothered me and I can't even put exactly my finger on how or why it felt this way. And I don't know if it's to do with COVID. Maybe it is. But the first movie, to me, feels like it's set in a town that people actually live and work and do things in. Like everybody, everything there feels natural. Everything looked normal. Everything about this one felt like a set to me. Yeah. Um, everything felt like too clean and new and not lived in and none of the people really seemed to gel together and a lot of the storylines felt separate like it felt like it just even even when the yeah even when the witches were sort of like chasing in inverted commas the girls actually the two storylines were very separate until nearly the end and like billy was just over there doing something else 
and that's totally totally made sense. That was weird. No, I didn't and, really understand what was happening there. And, and the guy who owned the Sanderson sisters' house now and turned it into a witchcraft shop that was like double crossing Billy to just become all power. And that's just like, no, this doesn't work well, for me either. What threw me about that is I. So I love Sam Richardson, the guy who played that. I can't even remember yeah. his character name. He's I adore guy. him. He's very, he's very funny. He's a really good actor. He seems like a really nice guy in like general <laughs> life yeah. stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, and I li- I've liked a lot of things that he's been in. But like his character made no sense. Like I didn't understand why he was tricking the girls into bringing the sisters back to begin with properly. No. Something, something power, I don't know. Yeah. And then I didn't really understand what he was doing with Billy. And then by the end, when he was like, oh, I've made a mistake. I was like, well, how did you know that you haven't done any, you haven't seen any of what's, do you know what I mean? Like he's yeah, been off just, just fannying around with Billy. Like you haven't seen any of the consequences of your actions. I don't know why you're that bothered. I know. I know. <laughs> like it really threw me. So like that was the first thing is that like, everything was just too separate and everything felt very almost clinical in how yeah. everything looked like I don't know and especially the bits in the woods because the moon was too big yeah right that moon was distractingly large what a stupid thing to say but honestly I kept looking at it and thinking oh this isn't a real thing and I know that movies aren't real things like I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an idiot I don't think the tv is documentaries only but like the first film felt like a real film set in this world that we live in, whereas uh, yeah. this felt like a film that was just a film that was happening and on I, a same stage somewhere. <laughs> I, do, I do wonder, like thinking about it that way, if that's because, well, this film was made to be released on Disney Plus, like Disney Channel style, whereas Hocus yeah. Pocus, what, although I don't think, oh, I might be really wrong. I feel like Hocus Pocus, the original, wasn't intending to be released mainstream i think that was meant to be smaller but it went mainstream i yeah. can't remember now but yeah it did all just feel very we're all on sound studios yeah there's budget but not huge budget and you know there were things i liked and i enjoyed and that perhaps was nostalgia for those bits in the second film mm. you know but otherwise it was just i i think the lack of jokes in it bothered yeah. me a bit as well because yeah. the, the one scene that really sticks with me so much from the first one is when they go to uh what they think is the devil's house but it's yes. just like it's penny um, marshall and gary penny and marshall, gary marshall yeah, yeah just like in their, in their costumes and like kathy najimi is losing her mind at an advert with a baby and yeah like and yeah, it's just like that whole sequence is very, very funny. The only thing I think I laughed at, and it was more of a sort of like sort of chuckle huff, like a, <laughs> yeah. um, was when Kathy Najimi has to use a Roomba instead of a broom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is a bit funny, but actually I don't think they played up the physical comedy of that either. So I, I sort of chuckled at it, but I was like, oh, we've we've yeah. sailed past this joke, haven't we? Because <laughs> I, did, I did watch them like when they were doing their choreography for the dance routines. I did notice that we focused on Bet and we focused on SJP, Sarah, mm. Sarah Jessica Parker, because they could very easily still do the moves. And I watched them. They didn't put so much on Kathleen and Jimmy. And I have an, a feeling that she is not as she does not move fluidly as much or as easily as the other two do now. She did in the first one, mm. but maybe not so much now. I can't believe she can still do that thing with her mouth. I don't know how anybody can do that and actually talk and say real human yeah. words. Yeah. What a, I wonder if they asked her to do that or whether she just turned up on set for the I first wonder. one and was like, I'm going to be real weird about this and see how it goes. Yeah. I love that they were still able to just slip back into their roles, although I think SJP, her character in the first one, was a little bit more evil and wicked 
Um, in this yeah. one, again, she's a bit more stupid. And then they get their powers and, you know, it's all it's all a bit different again. Yeah. Um, the other thing that sort of bothered me a little bit as well is I know the first one had some like musical bits in it, mm. but but I feel like really the only sort of big set piece is the the dance. Uh, I put a spell on you, which oh, is brilliant. Yeah. And it felt the, the issue I had with this one with one way or another is it felt like, oh, we're going to just do this exact scene again. Yes, yeah. But it's a lot smaller and shitter and the song makes a hell of a lot less sense. Yeah. <laughs> and also, so how like, did she know the song? Because he wasn't they weren't singing it. They weren't performing it. There. Whereas um, I put a spell on you. The band were already performing it. Yeah. So you could sort yeah. of say Winifred's clever. She just, you know magically could i mean again you could say which well, just magically knew one way or another. yeah yeah i mean i still i enjoyed those bits but i agree the the set piece of i put a spill on you in the first movie because it was also it's always such a surprise when it happens yeah so it's always that much better yeah and I, I like i think with this second one as well like ex- my expectations were high so yes. that already set it off with a bad footing i think yeah but also what i was hoping for was not like a cheap imitation of the first one which is what we got, what we got. yeah <laughs> sadly like it wasn't a, it wasn't really a new story it wasn't yeah. any the, the characters i don't think were as lovable and like i understand why they didn't bring back binks because obviously he he you know, on. went yeah. he passed on at the end. Yeah. But they needed something akin to a Binks, maybe. They did. Um, <laughs> because it felt very sort of like just three girls running around and three witches running around, and then Billy and Sam Richardson over there just, yeah. I don't know, with a shovel for a laugh. I don't know. And, <laughs> and it was just that the three girls had a bit of a tiff. Had yeah. a t- they had a typical growing pain type tiff. And whereas you've got family members that, you know, issues from moving and growing up and the, a slight love interest. But the whole Binks and, you know, Thackeray Binks and Emily, that whole story was so much more emotive. And I mean, I still, it's pathetic, I still well up at the end of Hocus Pocus. Yeah. (laughs) I almost did a little bit at the second one, but I think it's because I'd been staying at my brother's on my own for a few nights by that time. You Mm -hmm. know, I was getting a bit lonely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And also the world is shit right now. So anything can set me off. Oh, yeah, I've got to say, like, um, here's just like a little mental health tangent for you. Like, I suddenly, it suddenly struck me the other day how much my mental health has been affected by, like, the past few years. Because I've noticed Rich has had to start going into the office twice a week now because his work have decided. And I've noticed that when he goes in and I still work from home, I get almost separation anxiety. I get very upset. (laughs) Um, And like, and it's not in the sense of like, I need him here, but it's more just like, I don't like being on my own. Um, Um, It's yeah, it freaks me out now. (laughs) It's it's weird because I stayed at my brother's for a week and I I dog sat Barney, my nephew pup, you know, and that was, that was absolutely fine. Although I, I questioned that he maybe needed some more deadbolts on his door for me to look. I've watched slasher movies for the past hundred <laughs> plus years. And the, you, just, you just notice things, you know. The, the one photo that you sent me of his house as well—it does look like a place where someone would do a murder. I'm sorry. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like having stayed there on my own for a week, I realised that as much I as I used used to go on about, I'm um, like 41 now, and I still live at home with my parents. Do you know what I love living with my parents? Because it means that I have company, people to talk to. Yeah. laugh with hang out with and do stuff with whereas as on my own i'm spending a fuck ton of money that i can't afford yeah and i'm alone um, if um if it helps anybody that there's two things that i found help me when i'm having a rough day because rich isn't here and that is talking to my cactus so get a cactus or a pet folks um that's true or but i needed help singing obnoxiously loudly 
that um, did help too be- yeah because i can do that when rich isn't here because i can't obviously i can't do it when he's working from home in case he gets on a call and i'm just in here like belting out some tune with the word cunt in it or something you know um, this is the best thing about working from home you can sing obnoxiously loudly to anything and listen to things loudly that you could not oh, listen to in right. office i go through so many podcasts there it's brilliant too. yeah <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, so Hocus Pocus 2 didn't go down very well with me, unfortunately. Like, that was a little bit of a twang of nostalgia there for me. And I did, there were a couple of bits where I was like, oh, yeah, it's nice. But, like, overall, it just felt just sort of disjointed and disconnected and like a cheap, sad version of the first one. My mum texts me because this is one of my mum's favourite films. Like, she's, I think she likes this film more than I do. And I fucking love Hocus yeah. Pocus. Um, she texted me when she watched it, and she was like, "What is this shit?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Are you watching Hocus Pocus?" She was like, "Yeah. What? Why? Why is this? Why? I hate it." <laughs> oh, I know. I spoke to my mum about the following morning after we'd watched it together as a family, and I said to her, "It's not as good as the first one." And she's like, "No, I know it's not." She said it, it wasn't at all, but it was still fun. You know, we, I so I enjoyed watching it. It was just a. It was something jolly for the evening, a bit different. But, yeah, it's not as good as the first one. Um, We left it at that. (laughs) I'll probably put it on again at some point. but I don't think I will. (laughs) It's always going to be the first one because the first one is just, although it looks like the way they set it, they'll probably do a third one. Well, I did wonder about that, but aren't aren't the sisters, I mean, this is a clanging, big old clanging, hanging spoiler. Aren't the sisters dead now? Well, yeah. So are they just going to rip them back from wherever in the hell they are, literally? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, the ending was sort of moving, but at the same time, bit of well, a bit of a Yeah, oh, I didn't know how to feel about that ending because on the one hand, I do think, you know, they're very much a, a, a we come as three, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we don't do anything without the other no, exactly. one kind of thing. So I, I got it from that point of view. But like, as you were saying, from the sort of the first movie, they're a lot more sort of cutthroat yeah. and uh, and sinister. And there is a bit in the first film when she like as a pop at the uh, the boy kid whose name I can't quite remember off the top of my head, which is really annoying, where she says something like, oh, would you give up thine life for thy sisters? And oh, like, yeah. has a like pop at him because she's like, what a, you're a fucking idiot, mate. And I don't know whether they were trying to like sort of parallel that as like, oh, now the shoe's on the other foot. And she's like, oh, fucking hell, yeah. But it did seem like it was very quick that it went from, oh, yeah. we're like all powerful. You know, there wasn't any that we didn't get to see them doing anything, did we? That's like, what I thought as well. It's just they didn't do anything. Yeah. If they'd have tried to suck the life out of one person, I might have enjoyed yeah. it. But like, that bit where they had them, like eating like face creams. Face creams. I was like, the... what, is, what, what, what are we doing this that's, for? That's the bit I look at, I think, nah. Because, like, I can't, I can't envision, like, I know that this film, although it is probably aimed at people like us who loved the first one, is also going to be aiming at just kids, which is fine. But, like, do we think kids would find that funny? Mm. Because I don't know that I would have found that funny when I was a kid if it was in the first movie. No, I mean, I I don't know. (laughs) I, I still find it funny in the first one. When they've been tricked to going into the furnace, like that big, you know, furnace. Uh, yeah, like the big kiln thing. <laughs> kiln thing, that's the word, yeah. And then they come Get out, out of the kiln. Yeah, and they come out of the kiln and Bette Midler, you know, Winifred leads them and she's repeating the French in a really kind of pissed off voice. Yeah. Bonjour, or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And she's like dusting off her arms and then just sort of... And I don't know what it is, the way she does that, it just cracks me up every time. And it's like, you know that she's going to come and kill you as well. But at the same time, it's like there was none of that in the second one. They were just, yeah. they yeah. were 
they were too not camp they were just too childishly comic whereas yeah. I think the first one it's not that they didn't have childish comic moments in it but that there was something for everyone in the first one, for adults yeah. and for kids. Well, I think as well, like in the first one, I don't think the first one underestimated the uh, yeah. the children that might be watching it. Yeah. Because, like, there were bits in it that were, like, quite genuinely scary as well. Yeah. But yeah. overall, it's very fun. Yeah. Um, whereas this one, to me, just felt silly. Yeah. And I don't think that's the tone I was after. No, I was... <laughs> I was after tone of the first one and was a little bit, yeah. a little bit let down by that. Yeah, because so. like even the bit where they first come back and they start doing like a musical number. Yeah. But they're just ignoring the two girls and I'm like, murder them! What I are you know. doing? I was I livid know. at that. I was like, why? Are you, what? Call yourself the Sanderson sisters? Fucking hell! I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's getting livid. Hey, do you want to talk about another mediocre movie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I have others as well to shout at you about too. So let's okay. move on. Well, so I watched the new sort of reboot Hellraiser. Okay, yeah. Have you plonked no. your eyes upon me? <laughs> I have not seen that one. I've not even seen the original. And a friend of mine okay. said he watched it because he'd never seen it. And we're probably similar age. And he's like, I don't know why I bothered. <laughs> So Hellraiser is Hellraiser is a weird one for me because I I remember seeing it when I was very not very young obviously because it's fucking Hellraiser um but I remember seeing it when I was young but it was long enough ago that I have entirely forgotten the the plot of it yeah all I remember is sort of sexy murders (laughs) like it's it's all it's it's a very sexual film but also it's like how about we grab this flap of skin and just pull it right off your muscles and hang it up there for a laugh like it's one of them um, Tasty. yeah so like i i don't think i really gelled with the first hellraiser anyway as a as a sex averse asexual woman yeah. i'm not that into the sort of almost you know bdsme kind of side of it yeah um but i recollect kind of enjoying the first one when I was younger, because I think it felt very different. It wasn't like a slasher movie where it like every 10 minutes, there's like a stabby stab. It was like, it felt different to me. And it was interesting in that way. I just kind of wish they didn't all wear like, you know, gimp suits and have Mm -hmm. hooks for dangling out of their faces or whatever. Even though I do think they actually, the Cenobites look really cool in the originals. So I went into this thinking like, maybe now that I'm grown up and I know about my own sexuality, because also at the time I didn't know that asexuality was a thing you could be. So I was like, I should be interested in the sexy sides of everything. And uh, I was like, you know, actively trying to, yeah, this is enjoyable. Oh, a boob. Cool. Whereas now I'm like, that's a good boob that. And then I move on with my life. So I was I was kind of looking forward to this because I thought, you know, maybe they can bring like a bit more of a modern day, you know, twang to it. And like maybe the effects will be better because now that that was one of the biggest disappointments for me, because like I assume even though you haven't seen the film that you know what the Cenobites look like. Yes. Like pinheads and everybody. Yeah. So as much as <laughs> like, like I remember the originals and I've I've watched like all of the Hellraisers because I'm a fucking idiot. There's like 11 of them, and I think 10 of them are bad, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, some of them are clearly not intended to be Hellraiser movies, but yeah. they obviously couldn't get the film's options, so they were like, put a pinhead in it, and then it became a Hellraiser. Sorry, put a pinhead in it. <laughs> yeah, just just pop, just pop a pinhead in there. It'd be it, fine. That just reminds me of, you know what, let's just put a pin in that for now, and we'll come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. One of them's got Henry Cavill in it. Um, oh. Little baby Henry Henry Cavill, adorable. Um, but 
So I was like, okay, mind open, but not expectations, not too high. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad my expectations weren't higher because I would have possibly hated this then. This movie could not be more boring. (laughs) And considering it is about like a puzzle box that opens to some sort of dimension where like BDSM nightmares come out at you and try Mm. and trick you into doing things that will end up stealing your fucking soul or whatever. Like that should not be boring. But the thing that really struck me as being very, very bad was the way all of the Cenobites looked. And I'm about to say something that is going to sound stupid because they aren't real, but they (laughs) they don't look real. (laughs) And by, by that, what I mean is in the original ones, at least the first couple anyway yeah um all of them are amazing oh my god the practical effects are fucking spot on like you fully believe that you know one of them has like their chest open with like chains hanging them to their shoulders or whatever like you believe that you believe that there are like a thousand fucking pins in pinhead's head like everything and and the outfits are just like like black and like shiny and just like everything just looks like just purposeful and like there and real and you could like you feel like you could put your hand in the gap where there shouldn't be a gap like it's very very good even though i haven't seen the original i've seen enough uh images of it documentaries on horror and stuff where they show images of it i completely agree and i think that's the blessing of that time Oh, God. Like, honestly, I can't praise enough. Like, I don't know who it was. I should probably look it up. But whoever did, like, the makeup and the prosthetics and things for that, fucking tip of the hat, because it is top-level good. In this one, so for some reason, most of the outfits are white, which immediately makes them look kind of like androids, sort of doll kind of things. And none of it looks even a little bit like it could be a real thing. Like... And even though I think some of the, I think it's like a combination of like practical and CGI, but like a lot of it just looks like so like plasticky and and fakey and like just it just doesn't look like you know fleshy and gooey and yeah. <laughs> like it should. Uh, yeah. So they don't they don't come across as scary. They come across almost sort of I would say uh, at best severe. <laughs> is how they come across like they look like a head teacher who's going to come and tell you that you've got to do a saturday detention um they don't look like a a being that's going to be like right come on then what you know like which which bit of you sort of chain to the ceiling for a laugh (laughs) like it's it's just i I it's odd isn't it because it's weird they think it seems to be that some of these creators think if you stylize something like to, to a higher degree it's going to be scary it's going to be better which when I watched it, chapter one, chapter two. So when we met the new Pennywise, I say yes. new is because some of us remember the sort of what was it late eighties and nineties miniseries. Yeah. Now I find the Tim Curry Pennywise scarier in looks and how he is than the new one. I mean, the new one was freaky. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> the way he stood and would just stand mm. still with dribbling. Oh, I think you know. I think uh, Skarsgård Pennywise is scary when he's just Pennywise, like when he's in yeah. the sewer, when he's standing around, when he's doing that thing with his eye that apparently he actually can do himself yeah. on purpose, which yeah. apparently Bill Hader was like, no, I hate it, <laughs> which is very funny to me. Yeah. But, but like, like yeah, where all the bits where it's like, oh, no, he's a spider now. Nah. Yeah. Like, and I'm terrified of spiders, but even yeah. then I was like, no, this is silly. Because, <laughs> like, like, Skarsgård was, uh, you know, was scary, don't get me wrong. And and I do I do like his look and everything. Mm. But there's something about the store-bought 
version of a Pennywise, like Tim Curry's one with like the balloon type clothes yeah. and it's it's the murderous uh, looking Tim Curry's eyes that's Yeah, upsetting. it is actually. I think it is. Even though I've seen the behind the scenes footage or photos of him under an umbrella smoking a fag. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> you know. But no, I, I sometimes think it's like hyper stylized when you're re remaking something. Mm. Maybe that's sometimes it's not it's not the best way. It's like carry on practical and look at why that was scary. And yeah. I it it definitely like for Hellraiser to me it just didn't it didn't work because yeah. it failed to make them a threatening any sort of threatening presence yeah. like I like like I say I watched it a billion years ago so I don't I don't really remember it all that well but I I remember thinking that like you know if I accidentally summoned a pinhead I'd lose my fucking mind because. Yeah. He was fucking scary. And then the other ones with the even worse, like, you know, dangly bits in their throats and whatever. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. Like, I would die on sight of a heart attack. <laughs> like, yeah. but this one, it was like, I didn't even, it felt like just a couple of people in a room having a chat. Yeah. Like, it never felt like anybody was going to take someone's soul or whatever. And the only good bit of, um, of like, sort of effects was there was this one guy who'd purposefully like summoned the Cenobites and tried to do some sort of trickery things to get his own way. Yeah. But what he'd actually ended up with is this sort of like weird, almost steampunk-esque contraption poking out of his, like through his chest. So it's like poking out of his back and the front. Yeah. And it had got all these like little like tabs and worry bits. And like every now and again, it would just like grab his nerves and pull on them. Yeah. And that, that was the only bit that looked any good to me yeah. uh, because it looked genuinely uncomfortable and it looked like it was in him. Whereas everything else just looked like again clinical, like it just looked yeah. so like neat and tidy and and yeah. and not just not like yeah, I just wanted to be like scared, and instead yeah. I was like I wasn't even intimidated. I don't remember any of the kills. Couldn't that tell you did. a single one. Yeah, that's not good. That's no. Oh. Then I won't yeah. bother with the new one. Maybe I should still try the original. I'd give the first one a whirl. And I would yeah. say as well, report back to me on how sexy it is, because I might be misremembering it and I might want to give it another watch. <laughs> right, I'll give it a go, because it's on Shudder. So well, I've got that just for this oh, month. Oh, yeah, month me too. Again. Oh, yeah. that's good timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend the new Hellraiser. Like everything about it was just boring. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care about the lead characters either, so it was very hard to like give a shit when a Cenobite turned up and was like, "Gonna do you a murder?" Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Go on then." <laughs> um, yeah, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't, I wouldn't yep. bother. Oh. <sighs> do you want me to tell you about a mediocre? Yeah, go on. I, I tried watching Mr. Harrigan's phone on netflix i've never even heard of this so it's uh it's based on a stephen king story okay Um, it stars jaden martell who was bill in it chapter one and two okay he's he's like leading it and it also stars donald sutherland he is mr harrigan and it's a bit odd and i have to admit i started watching it and i got bored and i started scrolling (laughs) on my phone so i probably missed many a thing and then Mm. i got so bored i switched it off and decided i'll come back to it later and I knew I was coming on to do this with you, so I thought, I better finish it. And then when I looked on, <laughs> I only had half an hour to go, and I think it was half an hour before we recorded a different episode for Never Seen. So <laughs> I squeezed it in. It's a bit of a weird one, and I'm probably going to describe it or explain it, and then someone might say, that's not what it was about. You should have paid attention. <laughs> basically, this kid, he starts being um, – he starts reading books for Mr. Harrigan, basically, from a young boy to his – sort of mid-teens something like that 
I think it's because the boy's mum or something died and they were all at a funeral and the young boy who was basically Jaden Martell's character um, did a reading and Mr. Harriker thought he read very well and asked if he would like to earn money and come and read books to him. Mm-hmm. So that's what he did and he did it for years and he enjoyed it and stuff and they would have conversations. There was nothing weird going on. They were just, you know, he would read for him, they would talk, they became friends sort of thing. Yeah. And um, it's set in, oh, when is it set? When the first iPhone comes out. That's <laughs> Uh, a while ago. Yeah, because uh, Jonah Martell's character, his dad, for his uh, Christmas or birthday or something, gets him an iPhone. So he becomes the one kid who's got the brand new iPhone in the school. And he's quite a quiet kid and there's bullies and they're assholes. And he gets a phone and he gives it to Mr. Harrigan. So, you know, he can chat and stuff and talk to people and look at his stocks and things as they happen on his phone mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's not a well man, Mr. Harrigan. He dies and the boy finds him sort of slumped in his chair having sadly passed away and he seems to for whatever reason bury him with his iphone okay and then uh so this kid would sort of phone him or something this is how much i didn't watch it i'm saying something i seem to call mr harrigan and then these bad things would happen like a kid would get murdered like a kid who was bullying our lead boy his name i don't remember um <laughs> he'd get bullied and so he'd tell mr harrigan about it and then the kid would end up dead. And these sorts of spooky things would happen. And I thought, oh, just, oh, just end it, would they? <laughs> There's a reason I was doom scrolling. All oh, right, something happened. I should be paying attention. <sighs> and, and then I, it finished and I thought, OK. And I moved on. Um, I don't think I'll watch that. I don't know if it's available legally in the UK for a watching. But if you want to watch a spooky movie that's to do with a phone that's actually quite good, watch The Black Phone if you can, Ooh, if you have okay. a video. Yeah. Um, that is a Scott Derrickson directed movie based on a Joe Hill short story that okay. feels very Stephen Kingy and is very very good. I've got Ethan Hawke in it. I think mm-hmm. it's on my it's on my list because both you and uh, Honourable mentioned to him, but both you and Lee uh, have mentioned it, so I shall have to watch it. Yeah, give that a whirl. It's not like it's not going to blow your mind, yeah. but it's a it's a good way to spend like an almost two hours. I think I think actually it might be a solid hour and a half, which is nice. uh, that makes something I enjoy. Yeah, I enjoy a nice tweet movie. <laughs> actually, I think that Mr. Harrigan's phone is about a ninety minute movie, something like that. Yeah, but if it's shit, then it's yeah, it a long. It's fucking drag. Yeah. It's, it's a really long drag. ninety minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I can't remember what film it was. Me and Rich were watching the other day. This is how bad it was that it's completely slipped out of my mind. Yeah. But it was it was only, I want to say, like 87 minutes. And yeah. I still felt like I was watching it for about three years. <laughs> I was like, when will this end, though? Uh, oh, I'll my say, God. You know, I have realised I've watched two werewolf movies in quite oh. close. I've watched The Howling, right, from 1981. Yeah. yeah. I still haven't seen that. First watching for me, that was quite good. It was not what I expected at all. Right. I thought it was going to be your run-of-the-mill werewolf movie. You know, someone gets a scratch, someone gets a howl, someone gets a silver bullet. You know, something like that. wasn't that at all. I was quite surprised. Mm-hmm. I actually quite liked it. I'm glad I bought it. That's quite good. I'll go back to it. So it also starts off like some kind of uh, like grisly kind of crime film at mm-hmm. first. And then it becomes something else. And then it goes a bit weird in the middle, and then it ends really well. And I thought really, really well. 
maybe that's going to have to be a never seen one that we then go, you know, go into and debate about there. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's on our list. Anyway, so that was quite good. But what I watched last night that I thought was good. And why didn't I write down the title of it? Oh, dickhead. <laughs> okay, um, I can't on a post-it. No. So Werewolf by Night, the oh, new Marvel one. The Marvel one. Yeah. It's very good. Oh, I loved it. I loved it too. And so, it was short. <laughs> yeah, 55 minutes, Bab. It yes, done. Yeah. I, I was just, I literally have just recorded an episode of Stacey and Barry in the morning that should have come out a couple of days ago by the time I get this edited and put it out. And I had that as my pick of the fortnight because what I thought was brilliant about it was I've never once in my life read a Werewolf by Night comic. Yeah. I didn't know any of the characters in there except Elsa Bloodstone. Yeah. And I have never seen a Universal Monster movie. I oh. realised me having said that, you and Lee will absolutely lose your minds and probably bump some of those up the never seen list. But um, for you anybody, no, we do I'm holding my head in my hand. You're just right. hanging, hanging your head in shame. For anyone who doesn't know, Jenny, Lee and I do another podcast called Never Seen. You can go, ne- never seen, never go, what, go listen to it. But so, yeah, so I had really no idea what I was after with this. But I just thought <laughs> it's short and it's Marvel. So it's bound to be of a certain level of fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved it. I didn't, oh, my I, God. Brilliant. I was the same as you, like, I, I didn't know the comics i didn't know it was a marvel property at all i just thought it was something they threw together because you know why not but yeah i didn't know anything all i knew about it was watching the trailer and thinking hello black and white monsters universal yes i'm in already in like flynn um <laughs> and it took me a little while to get around to actually watching it but again knowing i was coming on to what uh, to chat with you t- tonight so like, i'm gonna watch it and i did when i saw it was only 55 minutes was like bang around get there. in <laughs> Um, so, but I thought so I thought the black and white of it was beautiful. I loved mm. the characters, especially like our our two leading characters. But even um, was it is it Ted? Oh yes, it is. Oh, I love, I love Ted. Ted. Ted's great. I love, I love Ted. Him. So, I, but I had so much enjoyment in that. And the, the strange thing is that I, I didn't write down the actor's name who played Jack. That's right, isn't it? Is he is he the wolf? He's the wolf, yeah. That's Gail Garcia Bernal. Okay, because I was watching that thinking, do you know if this was this, if this was like another like kind of movie, another bigger movie, I could have seen like Taika Waititi playing that kind of role. Mm. Although he was amazing, and I would watch him again because he was so funny and so good. I loved him yeah. in that role, especially when you first meet Ted the monster and him. Oh. And it's so cute. So cute. So cute. And Elsa, I loved Elsa. Yeah, I um, as soon as it started, and it was like we've got a bunch of monster hunters here because the lead monster hunter has done a dead, and now you've got to kill a monster to like have this ruby. I was like, well, I'm down. This sounds yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want to see people hunting monsters and having a scrap. Sounds good. And I, yeah, I was absolutely in. And uh, like I was saying to Rich at the end, like I love the fact that it was just like a one-off. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain if any of the characters popped up in another. No. Maybe another one-off or another little spin-off or, yeah. or in another movie or something. I yeah. said, but I liked the fact that this felt like it was separate enough from the Marvel Universe that I didn't need to have, you know, have you, you've got watch to watch 20 things. This, yeah. this, 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 this first. before. And also, like like you say, 55 minutes. It's a, <sighs> it's lean. <laughs> There's but, no flab. The story no. is just like, here's the setup. Here are the people. Off we go monsters right look at what they managed to do in 55 minutes a complete 
story. Perfect score. I cared about. The score was amazing. The photography was beautiful. And I know, let's, I know guys, like, spoilerific, spoilerific, but that very ending when Elsa's holding the stone. And I knew what the music was as soon as it started. I thought, like, this is interesting. Yeah. Let's have a little bit of Judy Garland. Why not? <laughs> and Over the Rainbow, which I thought was beautiful going from black and white to colour for, you know, obvious yeah. reasons. But then they used the same, the end typescript that they use for The Wizard of Oz. Uh, which I thought was really nice too. But I just, I had so much fun watching it. Yeah, me too. I What amazed me as well um, is this was actually directed by Michael Giacchino, who is the composer for it as well. Okay. And I, I only know him as a composer. So he did the he did the music for like The Incredibles and The Incredibles 2. Oh, oh my God, he's done so many amazing things. The Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. I think he did Far From Home as well. He's probably done all, all three of the Spider-Mans. No. Amazing. Hello, I seem to have lost you. Why? What's happened? I don't know. I just lost your audio for a moment. Don't oh, know. crikey! I hope it's I hope it's back now and proper. It's back. I can hear you now. Yeah, okay, it, it was only for. <laughs> it wasn't even for a minute. You just you just blipped off for a moment. Oh you no! Talk, you were talking about the score. Yeah, I was just basically saying that I didn't not I did not know what to expect from him as a director, but I would happily watch. Especially more of this sort of like stylized, sort of almost B movie yeah. type oh, stuff. Great. Wonderful. Yeah, um, you could tell that everybody involved was like really having fun with what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Because the actress who played like the evil widow mm. in it, I've seen her in so many different things. Great character actress. She was superb in this, and like, yeah. she deserved what she got. <laughs> 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 but I yeah I loved that I, I watched it last night it was just so much fun for an hour and then I did that typical thing you do with all Marvel things I watched it and pushed through all the credits at the end nothing but you know what I really <laughs> I really loved it. it was a little aesthetic and it was something that if you watch a lot of old movies you'd recognize it was every now and then you had the little white circle blip up in the right corner to like signify hey you've got to change the reel the, re- the reel is changing, project a person, get ready to change the reel. And I loved that they had that. I kept, every once I saw it and then I saw it again, I wound it back and tried to pause it just to see if there was any hidden little slip in of an image that there wasn't. But I thought, mm. I wonder if they have. <laughs> but I just, I loved that stylistic touch to it as well. Yeah. I thought that was great. So that was a big, big thumbs up for me. Yeah, I think that is probably that and the one other movie there's two other movies I wanted to talk about but uh, I suppose it depends whether you want me to stay on the positive note or whether you want to talk about Halloween Ends (laughs) should we do Halloween Ends and then end on a positive okay yeah let's do do that I have other positives which won't take long okay yeah okay well okay let's let's talk about the big Mike Moyer shaped elephant in the fucking room Uh, (laughs) so I watched Halloween Ends the other day Mm -hmm. And um, immediately it disenamored itself with me, just okay. just straight away. Because, well, I say straight away, there was a cold open that's, yeah, but the sort of start of the meat of the movie is a bit of a Laurie Strode voiceover doing a, oh, you know, I've decided I'm going to just live my life, yeah. be, a, be a normal grandma to my, to my grandkid, blah, blah, blah. And all I could think was, why in the fuck? Right. And here's my reasoning for this. Okay. So if you got a tacky murder timed and you almost did a dead mm-hmm. in the 70s or whenever it, that the original one was set. <laughs> right. 78. So, 
Yeah. yeah, so you get almost murdered, a load of people you know murdered, just absolute nightmare time, right? Mm-hmm. So even if we're basing this on the timeline where they've sort of forgotten about Halloween 2 and all the ones in between, and we're just going from Halloween and then the 2018 Halloween, <laughs> Halloween kills and then this. Yeah. Um, so if you forget about all the stuff in the middle. So for 30-odd years, Michael has done nothing to her, right? But she has been living shotgun under the pillow yep. 27 bolts on the door yep. traps traps in her house traps everywhere traps yep. doesn't want to talk to her daughter or a granddaughter because it would implicate them in things for some reason hasn't fucking left Haddonfield though but right like just all of it just all of this right and then he finally actually and she does this for 30 years she's convinced he's going to come back and get me convinced 30 odd years then he comes back and he tr- and he kills her daughter and uh-huh. she goes, I guess I don't have to worry about it anymore. Even though he just went missing after that. Yeah. He didn't he didn't die. Nobody saw him die. He just it's he okay. just killed half of Haddonfield. So many people there beating him up yeah. that he murdered, killed them all, and then just fucked off into the night. And then she goes, I guess it's time I stop being a weirdo, any my mind at that i was like rich what a dumb bitch (laughs) like i couldn't immediately i was like i am not down with this like like because to me it was setting up the idea that she might die because she's let her guard down to have a normal life i'm like no the the time to let your guard down was like i don't know after like 10 years and nothing's happened and you're like oh maybe i'm a bit paranoid lads (laughs) it's not four years after he actually it's, came and murdered your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I couldn't straight away. I was out. I was like, no, this is not any kind of Laurie Strode that I am accepting. <laughs> See, I was, I was sort of on the other side of it, right? Mm. I was on the other side. All right. So, like you say, forty odd years plus the extra, and and he murdered your daughter. But now you seem pretty chill and cool with life. And it's all okay. And you're writing a book. So because you're writing your book, it's all good. You know, it's fine. But there was part of me that kind of understood it, that she was trying to accept what had happened, move on, blah, blah, blah. She could have done it 40 years ago and probably saved herself the trauma of having her daughter murdered. But (coughs) and of course, the, the, the other fact being that he was never actually coming for her anyway, because he only arrived at her compound because that crazy doctor brought him. So it's all like happenstance really it was a, you know but oh. jenny why yeah. hasn't she left haddonfield that's what i was about to say I don't if he came why. back if he came back to get me after 40 fucking years or whatever it was right yeah. if, I, if i got almost murdered and i thought now i'm still gonna live here and then 40 years later this guy rocked up and was like stab 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 at me again i'd be like i don't I want to be here anymore yeah. it's, it's, like, it's, it's a thing <sighs> i don't understand like because an h2o she left, you know, because yeah. that followed the other timeline. That followed the other time. It's like she got the fuck mm. out of Dodge after Halloween too. I don't understand in this one why after her daughter was killed she didn't leave Haddonfield. Or why her or granddaughter Allison, to stay or why there Allison, Yeah, why Alison didn't leave because she, and they're like, Oh, I stay for the community, I stay for why? That can but half of them died. Half of them died, and half of <laughs> them don't like you or give a shit what happens to you half of them are probably terrified of you half of them probably think you're the reason michael still keeps fucking turning up (laughs) like the thing is like i i wasn't necessarily angry at the film i was just disappointed 
<laughs> oh, that's worse. <laughs> I know, isn't it? Because like, I could, it's like, I could understand some of their choices, some, but so, it's like it's like doing Halloween three season of the witch. It makes no fucking sense. And if it had been number two instead of number three, it would have been an anthology. It would have made sense. But this one, it's like, so Michael, he's hidden himself away in a storm drain in the sewers for four whole years. So four whole years. Four whole years. He's just basically eating or killing runaways and rats and the odd homeless person. And then you get this this kid, like his twenty year old something, who accidentally (sighs) kills a little shit of a boy. You know, it was a terrible accident, and he just gets bullied and picked on and stuff. Oh, yeah, obviously, guys, spoil the fuck out of this. But oh, yeah, absolutely, huge spoilers. He gets picked on by, a, and this is what I didn't get, he's 20-something years old, and he gets bullied by a bunch of high school teenagers who are in the fucking marching band. Oh, absolutely. Like, this whole storyline, to me, did not feel earned at all, no. and I'll tell you for why. If you're doing a trilogy, right, and you want to set up somebody as almost a sort of surrogate Michael, I know he just he ends up getting killed anyway, but yeah, like well. if you want to set somebody up as like a Michael apprentice, which is what they sort of go with with yeah. this movie, which is baffling, yeah. you need to have me believe that his life is absolutely fucking terrible because yeah. of all the bullying and stuff. So they show you this accident at the start of the film, which is genuinely like actually quite distressing. Yeah, it is. It's terrible. <laughs> it's like one of those like horror movie accidents where it's like obviously the result of it is a thousand yeah. times worse than what would naturally happen in real life, but it makes you think, God. How have I not died in yeah. my own home yet? It's basically um, Final Destination, but in a Halloween film. <laughs> yeah, so that happens. But then all you see of him is him getting bullied two yeah. or three times, maybe by these teens who, like, I mean, they're such losers themselves. They've yeah. all got like fucking mullets and eighties hair. Like, I don't know what where they came that was from. About, yeah. What are we? Live, what timeline is this fucking movie in? Yeah. Um, and then at once he's at a bar and the kid's mum is there and was like, oh, do you remember how you stole the sunlight from my fucking life? Yeah. Uh, which is an acceptable bullying because she lost her child. That's absolutely right? fair. But his um, dancing before that was fucking weird as well. They both were very weird at dancing, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but it felt to me like they were trying to set it up as like, you know, oh, you know, this bit pure accident. But because of like, you know, you know, the community just like, you know, talking smack and like, you know, talking behind his back and you know, all these horrible, you know, he's got such a hard life. He got a job. He was getting a girlfriend. Like everything was going well. He had people that cared. All right, his mum was a bitch, but he had a stepfather that cared about him and people that were looking after him. And like I said, and the thing is, like they're trying to, they're like setting it up as if this could be the next Michael. This is how the the film franchise could continue through. Because what got me is like he gets picked on by these teenagers again. They throw him off a bridge. I'm astounded that didn't kill him the way he landed. Oh, it looked like his spine was ruined. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then Michael drags him. Now, this is where I get a little bit baffled and pissed off because Michael drags him in through the storm drain into the sewers with him. And he wakes up. He's like, where the fuck am I? He starts to try to leave. And then Michael grabs him by the throat and they have a bit of a scuffle. And it turns out that Michael's an absolute pussy because he got shot several times. He had the shit beaten out of him. He's old, Mm. you know, and he's probably arthritic to fuck, you know. And then Michael pins him against the wall and looks in his eyes and then somehow they like have this kind of exchanging glance that Michael sees everything that happens to him, including killing the kid, the bullying, and Mm. somehow transfers his evil into him. And I'm like, so because he did that, this kid then starts turning a dark corner and becomes a fucking psycho. Is that what you think happened? Because I I 
by that scene and i thought what they were trying to say was that michael was sort of like stealing this kid's essence as like energy so that he could go out for like one last fucking i wish that's what he he might have had the power to go out and do some fucking murders because all that really happened was and this is where it really got me again this kid Corey, because that was his name in the film Corey, goes back because it's getting to the third act we're getting to the build-up he goes back and he beats the shit out of Michael, takes his mask off of him and leaves. And you're like, you don't do that to Michael. He'll fucking kill you. But not this one, because it's a bit, bit of a pussy. <laughs> he's like, that's, you know, he's just like an OAP now. Just take his bus pass. <laughs> uh, and then he goes off and he like becomes a new Michael and kills his mum and kills these other kids in grisly manners. Accidentally, his stepfather or whatever gets killed. I mean, the whole junkyard killings... That was the only bit I liked. It was all right. Say. And mo- mostly, mostly it was for the girl who got trapped under the yeah, thing that was cool. and had to watch everybody else get murdered. And she's yeah. just like, oh, fucking hell. She, she was she was sort of sorry for what happened. And I felt like she almost got pity from him for that until he stamped and paid wow. her head in. See, me and Rich were talking about this. And we were like, the thing is, if your friends are such cunts, stop hanging around with them. Yeah. Don't just be like, the like, especially after they've thrown a kid over a bridge and run yeah. off as though it's fine like straight up that is the moment i mean before then it would have happened with me but if i was with a group of friends and they bullied a guy and threw him over a bridge i'd be like i don't think we're friends anymore (laughs) like i'm pretty certain that we are now no longer to do with one another no and then Uh, then they were like some side characters that they brought back and actually they only really brought back one which was Lindsay. they brought back kim not kim kyle um Richardson or whatever her fucking name is mm. who who played Lindsay in the original 78 film played Lindsay in Halloween Kills and I get why they brought her back and why they did it I didn't see the point of bringing her into ends she brought nothing to the no. film no no well, point to her whatsoever this is the problem with the film right is that it is basically nothing yeah. until the last sort of half hour or so and then the last sort of half hour or so is quite disappointing yes <laughs> Like it's just it it made me so cross because like uh, now I am probably about to say something that's going to make everybody go oh your opinion doesn't count but I liked Halloween Kills right and I'll and I'll tell you for why like all the stuff about the you know evil dies tonight and all that cheesy crap is a bit daft and stupid yes but the premise of this movie was Michael does a lot of kills and guess what happens in this movie so many fucking great kills kills everywhere kills in playgrounds kills in houses kills in car parks kills in hospitals like it's kills everywhere kills 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 and i was like do you know what i'm I'm in for this right because to me a good slasher movie has to be one of two things it has to be either a genuinely good movie or have a lot of very good kills (laughs) if it's if it's both yeah if it's both then that's it that's the absolute pinnacle of, of slashering for me like scream it's a great story and the kills are br- like nothing to me will ever beat will ever beat the cat flap oh kill. no that's always like one of the best absolutely then, one of the tippity top best but yeah. like yeah so kills was like all this energy and all this like blah, blah, blah. this one was like it was po- so flat it, along. it was it just do. like, <laughs> like, it's like <laughs> if you watch the heart monitor there'd be a slight blip and that was the film because mm-hmm. like i mean you're right the stuff with evil dies tonight that whole it was a bit shit and it didn't help that Anthony Michael Hall was not great. No, he tried. <laughs> but I, um, I like, I understood the mentality of what they were saying, like getting a riled yeah. up, getting a riled up, riled up uh, crowd of people. They would do stupid things. Cause like the death of the mental health patient. Oh my God. That, that was is really rough. sad. That's really, really fucking rough. Sad. Yeah. 
and I that was I thought that was really well done and I really liked that and a lot of people didn't get it they also didn't get that it was the same night as the Halloween 2018 but that's yeah. their own fault for not paying attention honestly that they sequence didn't hide that. yeah that sequence with all the firemen oh yeah Jesus Christ holy crap <laughs> like I was watching that and I was like damn Michael did not come to play <laughs> see that's it like if you go from all this high octane and Halloween ends and then you come to Halloween kills no fuck all kills on it's it. like Jamie Lee Curtis makes an omelette for yeah. 20 minutes you're like fuck yeah. off there's and a I, stupid love story as well like oh that I, I couldn't be doing with. that was bullshit well that that was entirely just to set up the idea of Corey trying to kill the strodes yeah and then and then leading sort of michael there and i don't um, and, and in some romance film you wonder how they could fall so quickly in love but how could they fall so quickly in this especially allison allison should know better it's always the boyfriend you idiot it's always the boyfriend <laughs> well the stupid thing about it as well is that he's not that much of a catch like no. they sort of they sort of try to pitch him at the start as like this like lovable like you know nerdy dork yeah but he can but he can but he can do you know he's a mechanic he's also he can do you know he's manly or oh, yeah. blindly and like oh, i feel a bit sorry for him because these high school kids are bullying him or whatever but like there's not there's nothing there to me that would suggest that anybody would be attracted to him as a prospect <laughs> no. and it's like they were trying like, to connect on their own equal amounts of terrible trauma. things that have happened and trauma and it's like that's no don't do that well not only is that often a bad idea but i think there's there's quite a lot of difference between accidentally killing someone yeah and watching an absolute metric shit ton of people you know and love getting killed In and just only ways. just about escaping it yourself yeah and having your, um, both your parents maimed by this one guy who also tried to kill your grandmother uh, two or three times. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, talking about Laurie Strode in this film, so I, I enjoyed seeing the seeing variation of the Laurie from '78 in this for a moment. Hmm. And then there are other times like I do not understand what the fuck is going on here. So she's carving a pumpkin. She's grabbing the inners of the pumpkin and slapping it on the floor and giving the double fingers and saying you should just get your tits out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was such a weird line. It was su- and it was such a weird moment. I just I don't know where that. If is. my grandma said that to me, I would be like, Nan, I'm never talking to you again. So I don't <laughs> what a what, weird thing yeah. to say. So I don't know what meds you're on. Come off them. Yeah, you're having, it a, you're just, having a bad time. Like, it, it so felt weird. to me like they were trying to be like, no, she's still a badass, even though she's settling and writing this book and whatever. And I'm like, yeah. saying tits doesn't... No, it just doesn't work. <laughs> like, that's not how you prove to me that she's a fucking badass. And then I've got to say, and I have to say, and this is a real big, giant, clanging spoiler, the way that Michael dies is yeah. actually quite anticlimactic and I yeah. know that they'd set him up as being like yes he's older now he's running out of steam yeah. you know he's uh but he would have thought that has, fucking more than that Come yeah on. like when she sort of pins his one hand down like I felt like he would have just ripped his hand out of there yeah absolutely oh you're gone again where you gone have Come I gone on. again you went again for like five seconds or so just uh, well I was just talking about him slapping her with his half hand so oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty disgusting what I was saying anyway but like yeah like I feel like he would have just done that like he would have pulled his yeah. hand out punched her in the head or something yeah. like but it felt like he, he just sort of lay down and just let her like so like she, 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 she pushed a fridge onto his leg to keep him there and he just yeah. sat there and let her do it it's like he didn't bring any legs up to try and kick it or just no. push or ram or. I'm like, do you think? He, do you think he just thought, do you know what? This is fucking terrible. I'm just going to give up. Just kill me. I well, can't do it anymore. Just I've me. seen some reviews where people say that he wanted to die. I think they're. And I'm like, 
but then why has he been trying to survive on rats and shit in a storm drain? Why, why is just he just stop? Yeah, just die. Yeah. Die of Stab the, yourself in the head. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Just, also, like then that sort of bit where they like drive him through the te- like he's on top of her car yeah. and then they put him in a chipper or whatever that thing yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that was quite funny. Yeah, but I don't it think it was supposed to be funny. I think no. we were supposed to be like, oh, no, this is like the serious end to Michael. Yeah. Whereas I was just laughing because I was like, this is silly. <laughs> it's like gross and hilarious. But at the same time, you're like, oh, yes, finally, he'll never come back. Because you've done the thing that everyone should do in a horror. You've basically maimed and separated the body so yeah. that they can't come back. So they can't. I mean, they'll do another reboot probably in a year or two's time because Hollywood. Mm. Yeah. But I just... The thing is, I so wanted to like this film because I so Me enjoyed too. the other two. And I went yeah. in thinking this is going to be such a good end. They've done so well with the other two. I was really jazzed. Was and jazzed what annoyed me a bit as well is that the trailers for it showed you like the only sort of exciting parts yeah. of the film. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God, I've been led to believe this is going to be exciting and good. And for a good hour and a bit, it's it's boring. It's boring <laughs> it's, as balls. It's really boring. It's just boring as balls. And, like, I've seen a lot of people complain that, like, you know, oh, I've counted up the screen time and Michael's only in this for 10 minutes. But I think, I don't think necessarily that's a bad thing in a no. lot of films because I think the threat of something on its he, own he can be very scary and tense. But he wasn't doing anything, so no. it didn't, it, it wasn't it scary no and tense. Yeah, and I, like, I don't think he was in the original as, as much either, maybe a bit more. But no, I want to say it was about nine minutes, somebody yeah. was saying, but I don't know how true that was. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, if you think about Jaws, the shark isn't seen in yeah. into the film to what? like That fucking half. music is what sets yeah. you off. <laughs> and it's the same in, in the original Halloween. It's the it's the music and that, you know, that little, yeah. it's those bits that get you. Uh, Michael isn't really, so I don't think that was the problem. Michael not oh. being in it enough was not the problem. No, the, the problem was Michael was wasn't Michael in it. Yeah, that was the other problem. Like, um, Laurie, Laurie wasn't Laurie, and when she was, she was great. Like, towards the end when she, like, pretends to shoot herself. Yeah. And then she's like, did you really think I was going to shoot myself? You know, you fucking idiot. That was great. That's like, yes, that's the that's the Laurie. That's the one, you know. And then it just, oh. See, I didn't get that bit because I didn't know why she felt the need to fake that. Because who was this there that was going to see it? Like, only Michael. And it didn't matter because he didn't give a shit. And it wasn't Michael because it was Corey. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Oh. So she was, like, like playing, it, playing it up so that somehow she knew it. With Corey was going to come back and be ready to try and kill her and whatever. And then, of course, he turned the tables and, like, made it look like she had killed him so that she'd lose Alison. But you're dead, mate, so you don't get her either. So how does that make sense? Yeah, it's... it's uh, I don't... And then Michael snaps his neck anyway. It's like, what... <sighs> I will say this as well, a thing that bothered me a little bit, music related, was yeah. I quite enjoyed, there's a bit where, a very incongruous bit that isn't really important, where Jamie Lee Curtis goes shopping and just bumps into some dude and it sort of looks like they might start a relationship, but then yeah. it never really comes back for any sort of closure. Yeah. Um, and the, there's like a sort of shopping uh, version of like um, Don't Fear the Reaper playing, yeah. like a lift, lift music kind of version. I was like, oh, that's good. But yeah. then later on in the film, they just put the song on again. And I was like, well, now you just, I, I get it. <laughs> like, I get that this was in. I yeah. look, like, I get it. <laughs> I heard it on the end credits and I thought, ah, oh, Stace going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a bit cross about it because I was like, no, you've already done that. Do something else. I don't, um, know, I, I don't know that I heard it. I don't think I paid attention to hear it. Because I was yeah. paying attention to what's going on in the scene with Laurie and what's his face, the copper from those, yeah. and that, and it's like, all right, so they're going to get together and she's going to have a relationship and that's going to be lovely. And finally, one of the Strode women thinks, do you know what? I think I'm going to leave Haddonfield. Yeah. 
It's like, about fucking time. Well, why would you work at the hospital either, you dick? Oh, I just don't. I just didn't understand like any of the it's choices just, in the film. No, <laughs> I, there were so many choices I didn't understand that I because David Gordon Green didn't write this one. I think he tried and couldn't, and he, they got someone else in to write it. Um, and I think that was the problem. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a shame because, like you say, I really like I liked 2018 and I really enjoyed Kills. And I actually watched Halloween Kills like earlier in the week because um, I was do- I was doing that uh, that Nightmare on Film Street 31 Day Horror Challenge. Yeah. And I think it was the 14th of October was the Michael, Michael Myers, Myers prompt. So yeah. I thought, oh, in preparation for watching ends, I'll watch Kills. And I was like so jazzed by the end of it. I was like, yes, Michael's back. Ah! Yeah. And I was so excited. And then this happened and I was like, oh, no, what a, what a way to just like fizzle out like it a, like a sad, wet fart. Yeah, it did just fizzle because there was no point in introducing this Corey guy at all unless he was going to become another Michael victim. And he did what? it in a really stupid, crap way. I said to Rich, it would have made more sense to me. I don't know how they would have done it because I'm not a writer. But it would have made more sense to me if they'd have introduced that character and the idea of him getting like bullied and stuff in the first Halloween. Yeah. If they had done or like the then, 2018 one, because then it would have, at this point, it would have felt we would have known him, yeah. we would have cared about him, we would have been upset that he was getting bullied, we'd have understood why he was starting to think, like, maybe I'll just do some fucking murders then. If they had like, been, 2018 made him a classmate of Alison and her other friends, but made him the nerd that they kind of picked on, but Alison was sweet to. You know, so that he would yeah. have reason to fall for her, but always from afar. Never. And then they come together. And he, one of his reasons for turning and being a complete twat is that, oh, well, you picked on me and hated me in high school and her uh, stab you, bitch. You know, it's, you know, it's tropey, but it works. Yeah. That just doing something like that would have worked better than just introducing a brand new character that no one cares about. It makes no sense why he would go from being mediocre, bullied on, but actually had a decent life to getting the shit kicked out of him, looking in Michael's eyes, catching evil like a common cold, and then becoming a stabby-stab serial killer. You know, just pick, picking up his Halloween mask he wore to the party with Alison to go and stab that doctor in the neck several times over with a corkscrew or whatever. Yeah. And that all made no sense whatsoever either. That was weird. I don't know. Because, like, did he coordinate that with Michael as well, for Michael to turn that's, up and kill the missus? Like, what? Yeah, yeah. What is it's, this? And that makes like so you're trying to get him, uh, and then when he kills, your mind melts. Yeah, because like Michael kills a woman, and then he has a physical shake, like oh this is, and that's me thinking, oh that's rejuvenated him, he's back, he's gonna, but he was still a pussy because he got the shit kicked out of him by the twenty year old, who then stole his mask and ran away. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't get it. What was the point no, of you? I didn't get any of it. And I, I didn't get it. So wanted to like it, and I was just, I don't hate it. I'll probably buy it just to complete my collection of that. You know, I think I hate it. I think I only liked the score, really, yeah, and like a couple of the kills. The score, I mean, John Carpenter, he's always going to deliver a great on a on a great score. So, like, yeah, I was very happy with that. But like, aside from that, and like a couple of goodish kills, yeah. I was just like, nah, mate, boring. They just, they, just, they just missed it and let us all down. And I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is fantastic at, at promoting and bigging up all of the films that she's done most recently, and she's just. Not this one. No. Yes, it's a shame because they were doing so well and then they they could have dropped the ball in the middle and made it work on the finale, but they just fucked it. Yeah, bit of a shame, really. Yeah, yeah. (sighs) Shall we talk about some good ones? Yeah, shall we? Let's do that. How many good ones have you got? Because I've only got one. So Um, if you've got a couple, I'll slither in the middle. (laughs) I've got, like, I've got a couple and uh, the others are sort of honourable mentions. Okay. 
So do you want me to do one first? Yeah, go for it. So I haven't finished it yet. It's a, it's a series on Netflix that I'm still getting through and it's sort of like I'm not rushing to get through it, but I've been watching The Midnight Club uh-huh. on Netflix, which I've been it, – so it's, um, it's Mike Flanagan again, who was um, the, uh, Haunting Hill House and Haunting of Blind Manor and that week. Midnight Mass. Thank you, that one. <laughs> the um, only one I've watched of those three for some reason. <laughs> see, I, I loved Haunting of Hill House. That was amazing. Blind Manor was very good, but I guessed what was going on within the first episode, which was a shame. And Midnight Mass, I enjoyed it at the time, but I don't need to go back and watch it again. It's too talky for me. I think I would have liked it if it was like a, a like a good two episodes shorter. <laughs> and that, like we spoke about it at the time, and I was like, "How did you not know they were vampires?" It was obvious, but that was that. Oh, it really was. The only thing I've got to say, the one thing I did I did, in, I did appreciate about Midnight Mass was, um, you know, when they all started getting younger and stuff again, and she lost the baby. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, "Oh, that I would never have thought of that. How fucking traumatizing is that? Yeah. Jesus!" And I was yeah. a bit sort of, yeah, I hadn't anticipated that that would happen. <laughs> um anyway yes midnight club but um, but yeah i've been watching the midnight club and it's based on a christopher pike novel uh the same name which i've never read um in fact you told me that at the time because i didn't realize what it all was um but it's really it's been really interesting because it's all about these uh like young adults who all have a terminal illness because it's set in i think it's like 97 yeah it's the sort of latish 90s 90s, Yeah. yeah So and they all live in this um uh like a hospice type like thing. Ho- yeah, that's the word I could, that's the word I was trying to find or what would you call it? But it is like a hospice. It's like a grand house in America on lovely woodland land as well, you know, really lush surroundings in a hospice and they, they live there and that's basically where they will stay until they eventually pass away. But at midnight they come together in their like library and they tell ghost stories to each other. And what I've enjoyed as well with this is when they tell their ghost stories, they're in the ghost stories as the characters that they're telling the stories about. Mm-hmm. So they're multi-rolling a lot. And there's been some fun stuff and some weird, weird stuff, but there's also a whole other undercurrent of spooky shit going on at the same time that's to do with ghosts and creepy shit. And I, I have not completely figured out exactly what's going on yet. And I think because I've been taking my time with it and not just like binging it all so quickly because the characters are really interesting some of them too yeah um, there's one there is one girl who, who i keep forgetting is in it and every now and again she'll say a line and i'm like oh yeah you're there <laughs> <laughs> well there's what the the one that i find most interesting is this irish girl called uh, ruth cod yes plays anya who is uh, an amputee and she yeah. and she is in real life also um she's um her leg is amputated i think just either just above or just below the knee mm. But her character is uh, very aggressive and mean, but not always. And you get the impression that she is generally angry, like any like teen would probably be, that they're going to die. And, you know, that's yeah. really shit and stuff. Uh, but I've been enjoying it. And what I, <laughs> I was watching it and the, the, there's a, a doctor who runs this hospice, this female doctor. And I'm looking at her and I think, I know you. I know. Why do I know you? And then I IMDb the show and I'm like, it's Heather Langenkamp. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I can't. Absolute I, I, I dick. I cannot believe How you did didn't. not. <laughs> I'm How like, did oh, you not? you're such a twat. How did you not? I thought like, it's such a burk. Um, <laughs> and she's and she's multi-rolling in some of these kids' ghost stories as well. I mean, mm-hmm. like she plays a like a detective in, in a kind of a 
film noir type noir story. Thing, yeah. I, she looks like she's having the time of her life. Doesn't she? And what I love <laughs> is that she's been interviewed about it and she said she's been enjoying it. And she's been, uh, you've probably seen this yourself. She said because of the whole resurgence of Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis and Jamie Lee returning to her role of Laurie, she'd absolutely be up for returning as Nancy in a Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. Granted, she was killed off in number three. (laughs) And she did New Nightmare where she played a version of herself in a, like, Freddy Comes Into the Real World, which I absolutely loved that film. That was before Scream. That was doing meta before Scream was was around. (laughs) But I would would absolutely watch Heather Langenkamp playing Nancy now, the the age she is now, in a Freddy movie. Yeah, me too. I, like a good Freddy movie, then, yeah, not like, good, the, not not like the the remakey one. No, that was, that was awful, cool. dreadful. I know that I've seen that, but I cannot tell you a thing about it except that the guy who played Rorschach was in it, and that's all I've got for you. Do you know what? You don't need to, because I tried to watch it again the other like months ago, and I'm like, nah, it's still shit. I think I'll stick with the original, which is by far by far superior. Dream Warriors is my favourite. Oh, I love Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. I love- I love that bit when he's like, oh, welcome to primetime, bitch, and then slams a woman's head through a TV. (laughs) It's got such great kills. It's got a great story and some really sad kills as well. Yeah, Jesus. Like the puppetry marionette, like, one. And when when Heather, when Nancy's killed, you know, that's really sad too. But, yeah, number one, number three, and New Nightmare are my favourites. And I haven't watched all the other ones in between, but I feel like I don't need to. My friend Peter Spellos was in one of those, but I don't know which one, and I feel like I need to rewatch him so I can go, oh, there he is, get excited. Or ask him. Oh, are oh, you gone again? Oh, man. I'm not gone, I'm here. There you go. Here are. Oh, <laughs> I'm still oh, here. Maybe I'm a ghost. I was just about to say, are you a ghost? And I'm like talking to your echo, and that's why things I are weird. I am ghost. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, like I say, I'm not finished Midnight Club yet, and there's some weird <laughs> culty stuff going on so i'm intrigued to see how it all kind of wraps up but i i have been enjoying it i think it's been fun some stories that they've told have been quite interesting i think for me it suffers a bit from the sort of almost anthologiness of it so anybody who's heard me talk about anthology movies before will know that i struggle with them because uh it's a mixed bag and some of the stories are going to hit with you and some of them don't and some of them are going to be better written than others and some of them aren't and blah 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 and I have found that there's been a couple of the stories that the kids have told that I'm like, yeah, I don't care. And that makes it difficult because, like, for nearly an entire episode, you just checked out. Yeah. Um, but there have been a couple. I don't want to say which ones because I'm not – because I've seen all of them and I don't know – I couldn't tell oh. you which order the stories came okay. in. Okay, because I was going to say the last one I watched was um, where it was a time travel story where the Luke comes back to his own past to try and stop him from creating a okay. video game to, to destroy the world, basically. Uh, yeah, I don't think you've seen the one that particularly got me then. Um, oh. So I'm going to have to text you about that once you've watched yeah. the whole series. But there was one story that I was like, damn, son, yeah. I can't believe they went there. Jesus. I'll come back yeah. to that one. I do yeah. have a theory, though, because there's an interesting character in it called um, Shasta, who like owns part of the woodland by the hospice house yeah and she makes all of these teas and stuff and that and um i mean i feel like she's actually julia jane who's this girl that was in the hospice in like the 50s or 60s or something which then i think well she can't be julia jane because she's too young but i'm like but is she but she got miracle cured she got miracle knows what she did yeah and i'm like (laughs) hmm so yeah so that i'm enjoying 
And then some other bits have been some docuseries on Shudder. But if you want to go with yours first and I'll do honourable mentions later, that's cool. Roll. Because we've been waffling for so long, but also because I talked about it on a previous episode of Stacey and Barry in the Morning. But I feel like I should just say to people, if you want to watch a good a good spooky movie this spooky season, then you could do worse than looking at Nope. Um, okay. I don't know if you've seen this. No, I haven't. Okay. So I know you and I have had this conversation before where we're like, Jordan Peele's movies are very, very, very good, borderline great, but people act like the sun shines out of his arsehole and that rolls us up a bit because it's like okay yeah his films are very very good but like just like calm down a mm. bit yeah um yeah. no this movie's fucking phenomenal <laughs> okay. so i was not expecting because i knew it was going to be about aliens right or something in the sky um from the from the trailer and the uh, the incredibly atmospheric posters of things dangling precariously from clouds <laughs> ah um <laughs> So I'm not going to spoil it for people, but what I will say is what it turned out to be was not even a little bit what I was expecting, and it was tense as fuck. Like, like nearly the entire movie, I was just like, where's it gone? What's it doing? Help! And I was very, like, you know when you actually, like, you feel a bit... <laughs> like, I was like, oh. So, like, for me, everybody in it, absolutely bringing their A-game. Daniel Kaluuya is amazing. Kiki Palmer is fucking phenomenal. Stephen Nguyen's in it, and he's wonderful as well. And there's, like, a whole sort of side plot going on that's equally as terrifying as the alien plot that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil that for people again because it is one of those things that you just watch and you go, what the fuck is this here for? But it makes you feel awkward and uncomfortable and you don't like it and it's scary. So, yeah, like, I am fully on the nope train. It was brilliant i kind of wish i didn't watch it on a saturday morning though okay <laughs> i feel like it's very much especially now that like you know the nights are getting darker and stuff i feel yeah. like that should have been an evening watch keith david's in it too and i love him isn't hasn't he got like one of the best voices you've ever heard uh it would if i recognize who it was so keith david is the guy you know in the thing mm-hmm. there's the two at the end and there's kurt russell at, at Kurt Russell, is that his name? Russell, yeah. yeah, Kurt Russell and Keith David. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Guy. Um, oh, I love his yeah. voice. He also yeah. played Reverse Giraffe in an episode of Rick and Morty, if that helps. <laughs> oh, I think he plays the president in Rick and Morty too, actually, now that I think about it. But anyway, I could, honestly, I could listen to him read the back of a fucking shampoo bottle. Good God. Yeah. yeah. What a voice, what a man. I met him once. I, I was bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no it was like one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to me in my life so yeah yeah nice well i will add that to my list of things because i wasn't sure because it was yeah another john appeal i was like i don't know i don't know is it going to just be overhyped stylized thing that i'm not going to be bothered by but i'll put it to my list i'll put it on my list yeah, it was one of those things where, for me, like, Get Out is a very, like, it's a brilliant movie, but yes. it was too pedestaled. By the time I got to see it, people were like, this is the pinnacle of cinema. And so when I watched it, it's a, it, in fact, the same thing happened to me when I watched Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I do think is an amazing movie. I've given it five out of five stars on Letterboxd, like, I fucking love it. But people were like, this is going to change the face of cinema. It's going to change the way we even think about movies. And I was like, well, it's good. <laughs> but like how are yeah. you just calm yourself and like us for me 
was again a brilliant movie and that was genuinely really tense but it had such a fucking stupid ending yeah i hated that it didn't make any sense it was so stupid oh the ending is just it just lets it down so hard whereas this was just like fucking yes all the way through i was like yeah that's good that that is good that see i would highly recommend it okay well i'll have it on my list and i will watch it um, I just need to double check the title of something because I think I've written it down wrong because I'm really <laughs> clever. Well done, Jenny. The um, one time she makes notes and she fucks it up. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. It's okay. I found it. Um, oh, no, I just did a giant burp. Good God. Oh, I hope that didn't pick up on the microphone. I didn't hear it. And your, your, your mic uh, or the sound, I should say, didn't blip out because it's been like <laughs> blipping out for like three or four seconds every once in a while. Oh, and no. I don't know why. I'm gonna oh, God, blame... I hope that's not on the recording. Fucking I hell. hope not. Uh, I'm going to blame Skype because Skype did an update when I, re- when I started it this time. So maybe it's Skype. Oh. But because I got shudder for this hello month, as in hallowed, not hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. Um <laughs> So it, it meant I got to watch some of their really cool documentaries again, mm. but uh, not again, as in I've already seen them, as in I can watch the documentaries. So I've been watching 101 Scariest Horror Movie Moments. <gasps> we are penciling that in because me and Rich are off work next yeah. week. And so we are penciling that in. Next week is going to be amazing. We're going to watch that. We're going to we're going to the, the Guillermo del Toro has got four new little scary movies coming out on Netflix next week can't wait for that that's gonna be good uh and then i'm gonna fucking just put as many scary movies in my eyes as i can (laughs) so i've been watching that and what i have learned whilst watching it is i shouldn't eat a meal while watching it absolutely not no because what what were you thinking (laughs) i don't know i don't because normally i'm you know I'm all right snacking whilst watching a horror movie. Shouldn't eat lunch or dinner whilst doing it, though, because some of the scariest moments are some of the most gruesome moments. Yeah, just eating some, like, spaghetti or something. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was just eating a casserole. I was like, huh. Oh, or no, a casserole. Like, oh, this, this is a wrong. Oh, that's just turned me a little bit. Oh. <laughs> um, but it's seven episodes so far, so I should imagine by the time you and Rich get to it, it will be finished because I've just got to the penultimate episode. Oh, okay. So we're coming up to, like, the top, like, ten or whatever. Um, so that's really good. I've also been watching. Oh God, it's gone again. Queer for Fear. That's another one that's on my gonna be watching that list. It's been really weird with because uh, I get Shudder through Prime, and I watched episode one. I thought it was. I really enjoyed it. It was really interesting. And then it like it had episode two on the screen, but it was like shaded out. And it wasn't really there. And yet it was there. And then when you pressed on it, nothing happened. And then all of a sudden it was there. And so was episode three. So goodness knows what happened with that one. But I've, I've watched all of them so far. And I think I think it was the third one. One of the episodes concentrates a lot, a lot on Hitchcock. And oh, crap. Another d- a director from like the 30s, 40s who did some of the big uh, Universal Monster films. Lee's mm-hmm. gonna absolutely kill me. <laughs> he's already he's already had a heart attack and died from me saying I've not seen any of the Universal he's monster come, movies. He's basically gonna share time between haunting you and haunting me, <laughs> and smacking me upside the head for not remembering people's names. But they they've been they've been so interesting. But especially the like, second third episode been really interesting, and the sort of the ideas and thoughts behind some films when you look at them from a like a different from a queer perspective mm-hmm. is really interesting and you can really see what what they see as well and how it how 
that spin, if you like, can be put on yeah. things. It's just, yeah, really uh, recommend that and that and 101. But I also found a documentary that I just put on, thinking I'll put it on in the background to listen to while I did some work, because I do that sometimes, I was doing some freelance, which has been interrupting all of my horror festivities <laughs> this month. But it's okay, because it's done now. But I watched The Man Behind the Monster. It's called Bo- Boris Karloff, The Man Behind the Monster. Um, and Ooh, it's, it's okay. just a documentary about Boris Karloff. And it's, it was really interesting and really good. And that's on Shudder as well. Um, so they're just yeah. honourable mentions, those ones. I think we'll uh, we'll be taking advantage of our month-long Shudder yeah. <laughs> uh, and getting on all of these sorts of things next week when we're uh, when we're off. Because um, Queer for Fear is one I definitely want to watch. Because mm. um, I was saying to Rich, like, I find, I find it interesting how people don't notice these things. Like, there yeah. was a whole brouhaha when that new Hellraiser came out because... Now, I want to say, <laughs> I should have looked this up. I want to say one of the Cenobites, and it may be Pinhead, is played by either a trans or a non-binary actor. Right. Yeah. And there was a whole brouhaha about it because dickheads on the internet were like, that's not my Pinhead. And like yeah. all this, you know, stupid yeah. shit that they say. And I'm like, do you not realise who wrote these books? Like, yeah. what? Oh, I lost you again for a bit just baffled me that people are like call oh, that's not my you know cis het straight pinhead core blimey i'm like you did not get this film like also, at all did you i mean also it baffles me when they have a go at shit like this because for a start it doesn't make a di- as long as the actor's good who gives a shit who gives a shit and also this is this is fantasy and science fiction and mm. horror it's not real these aren't real factual people <laughs> from history or from today it is it, it is all it's it's in a way it reminds me of so i've watched all of lord of the rings rings of power and i've loved it yeah and there's been this whole discourse and this whole brouhaha because there are black elves or, or, and stuff and it's like racist assholes are just you know crying about this it's like oh there wouldn't be it's fantasy and fantasy is for everyone <laughs> it is for everyone every color every creed Everywhere, everything is mm-hmm. all for everyone. So fuck off. Yeah. Well, it's like when people say it's not historically accurate. I'm sorry, right? This is set in the tenth of blueple glops. This yeah. is dragons and 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 fucking elves and dwarves yeah. times. This is not like you know a documentary about the Battle of Hastings. This is this is like literally the seventh era of Twinkle spang like it's none yeah. of it's real it's none all it's absolute real. like it's <laughs> like all it's just imaginary fantasy and that all comes under the same umbrella science fiction horror it's all fantasy someone's yeah. made it so just stop it yeah just stop and what gets it. me is like i've seen people say oh you know tolkien would be like turning in his grave i, I mean i don't think he would because I, I think he would i th- I, I think i think even if he was racist, I don't know much about Tolkien, no. to be honest. So, but even if he was racist, or even if he just emitted, like, you know, darker skinned people from his books for whatever reason, like, I don't think he would mind that now that we know better than that, yeah. we've sorted it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, exactly. like, he was, things like that are products of the times that they were written. That doesn't mean that we can't bring them into the modern. No, exactly. Not, like, I don't know why. Oh, I just, to me, it's just like, as long as the actor is good at the thing. Because, like, I've got to say, I've not watched this because I couldn't 
give less of a shit about Lord of the Rings if I tried. Mm. Uh, and it's really annoying because I feel like I want to like it, yeah. but I didn't like the books and I didn't like the films. So yeah. I'm like, you don't like this. <laughs> like, don't bother. But watching the trailers and stuff, like I did bulk at Lenny Henry being in it, mm. but not because he's black. But because he's Lenny Henry, and every time I see him, I think he's going to advertise Travel Lodge at me or Premier Inn, whichever one it is. Like it's like it's the same thing. Yeah. It was the same thing for me with when they cast Johnny Knoxville as Leonardo in the 2014 <laughs> Turtles movie. Because I was like expecting Leonardo to be like, hi, I'm Leonardo Hamato and I'm in a fucking, I don't know, suitcase going down a hill and welcome to Jackass. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I just couldn't. Like, you know, what? <laughs> the thing is, like, when I saw Lenny Henry was in it, I was surprised. And purely because, like, the, is he a good actor? He's, like, a, is he great, good? he's a superb actor. Okay, because like, I was just like, to me, I just feel like he's going to tell me to have a nice keep in a premiere. <laughs> no, he's he's done some he's done some brilliant drama piece and comedy. But the thing is, like, like the Lenny Henry I always remember is like Lenny Henry of the eighties, and that was very com- uh, comedic stand up. Mm. So I was expecting to do like a funny, and I mm. forget that he's done so much dramatic work, and he's a very good actor. And he was he was brilliant in Lord of the Rings. He was so good. You know, and just all the other crap that people have going on about it because they're these massive oh, wanking gatekeepers. I, I tell you what, the earth would be great if it wasn't for all the fucking people. Yeah, wouldn't it? We're just we're just so bad at everything. Oh. Like fucking on that note. <laughs> on that note, happy Halloween. Spooky. Well, we've got to do our songs first. Oh yeah, yeah. Do our songs. Now, I will get mine out of the way first because yep. sadly it's not spooky. Uh, I I wanted to pick a scary song, but I knew what would happen is I would just pick another song by Ghost, and there's too many songs by Ghost on the parlor recommendation Spotify playlist because of me, <laughs> <laughs> because I just fucking love Ghost. Um, and also since the last episode of the parlor, Paramore released a new single, uh, which is so I'm not ashamed to say people feel like. Oh, you should be embarrassed to like Paramore when you're a grown adult. No, I love them. D- d- I do not understand the concept of a guilty pleasure. Like, you just enjoy the things you enjoy. You don't have to feel bad about it. Who gives a shit what anyone else thinks? I love Paramore. And their new song, This Is Why, is really fucking good. <laughs> it's, like, genuinely really fucking good. Like, Rich has been listening to it. I mean, the other day, he literally had it on repeat for about four hours while he was working. And I could just hear it. And then he shut his door because he could hear me singing a Long to it um yeah. just a bit a bit rude actually i don't think my voice is uh yeah. i don't think my voice is that bad i don't think it's that bad but yeah so that's my pick this time it's uh it's a very good song also the video she's got like like beautiful orange hair that just gives me real hair envy mm, stupid hayley williams and the hair envy yeah i get it mm. but yeah that's my pick so what did well, you go for well i went for a song called the mid or not the or midnight monster hop by Jack and Jim. And the only reason I went for it is because it's one of the only things I liked in Halloween Ends. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I think it pretty I think it's a song that played over the opening like titles or whatever, like opening of the film. Uh, and it's just a fun like song. I don't listen to it loads, but I just kind of heard it and I remembered it and cuz you you reminded me it's like need songs for the show. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remembered, oh yeah, there was that fun song in Halloween End. So it's straight to Spotify to find someone who'd actually put a playlist of all the songs like <laughs> some of us know to do. And there it was. I thought, that's the one, that one. I listened to your Paramore song today and I'll be honest, I don't know Paramore at all. Like, mm-hmm. I know their name, but I don't I don't know their music. I quite liked it. I thought it was all right. 
so Parable, when they first started knocking around, they were very much like sort of what what most people would consider like sort of emo, yeah, <laughs> um, sort of punk, punky emo type stuff. And as Hayley Williams has gotten older, she's got a bit more sort of experimental yeah. punk pop type stuff. Um, this sounds a lot more like her solo stuff which of course has pissed off a lot of paramore fans because like, why couldn't she just release this oh, fucking hell and i'm like look this is the first single they've released for like six fucking years or something just shut up and eat your delicious musical snack so <laughs> you know in bands and that they change and evolve and they grow up and get older and their tastes change and how they want to perform and do things so well this is the thing i mean i really like a load of paramore's earlier songs but i don't yeah. necessarily need more of them i like the ones i've got it's nice to have something new and a bit different, but with a flavour of what you know as well. If that makes sense. I don't exactly. Know. People. You know. <laughs> we hate people. That's the uh, that's the resounding theme of this episode. <laughs> I, I like m- my friends. I like my peeps and everyone else. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, there's a handful of like. Oh, we were talking about this before we started recording. I was going to say, oh, there's a handful of celebrities that I quite like, but I feel like every time I say I like someone in particular, like a week later, it comes out that they're like a sex pest or something. Or yeah, so like See, I'll just I'll just stop and I won't say anything. My problem is, so, oh, I love that actor, and then they up and bloody die, and I'm a bit. Oh. I'm still quite heartbroken over Angela Lansbury, mm. old Dame Ange. I was listening to an old episode of The Parlour the other day. Because as I mentioned, sometimes I just like to hear familiar voices to me when I'm on my own. So I just listen to old episodes of the parlour with like my friends on them. And uh, and I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was talking about Deadpool and I was going on about how TJ Miller was like, oh my God, he's so funny, he's so brilliant, oh, he's great as Weasel. And then like, I'm sure it was only like a week after that that he, he like, it came out that he was just like an actual disaster man who really should be in jail probably, mm. um, allegedly. <laughs> Just throw that in there so that I don't get like sued in that. So yeah, I've just I'm just gonna stop saying that I like particular people. Except Ben Schwartz, because I feel like there's absolutely no way that Ben Schwartz can be in any way awful. So please don't prove me wrong, Ben Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, just just continue to be a good good man, thanks. A good nice. good funny man, please. Because I don't wanna have to fucking release a statement about <laughs> about my retraction of love for you. All right. Yeah. Just be good. Jenny. Yeah. Thanks for coming. It's been nice. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm gonna send nice. you a I'm gonna send you a little picture later to show you the cup I've been drinking out of. Um, is it a spooky a spooky cup? It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um hey, I was gonna say, uh you don't you don't really have anything to plug, so let's just move on. But for the first time <laughs> since you've like for the for the actual so how many times have we talked about this like podcast that you were gonna do that never came into fruition, but now uh, yeah, because it was like it was like originally it was like a blog. I was going to write a blog. <laughs> that never fucking happened. But I did write. I do write an article, a page in my magazine. It's all about film. So I kind of do it there. But for the podcast, wanting to do one, that's probably been since I first started coming on to join you on the parlor. So Got now the book. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, oh, it's like because I always like like respected you being able to do it and and doing one and stuff like from comic racks to this now, especially for the parlor. And all the others you guessed, I'm like, I kind of, I want to do that too. And and then that just kind of grew out of chats with you and Lee in our WhatsApp, like we've actually said on the, the pod itself, which is called Never Seen, which drops on the first of every month now. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it just grew out of that. Like we would say, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And we'd probably say, no, I've never seen it. 
<laughs> and Lee would have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, and and Lee would be like, his head would explode, or you know, me and Stacey would be like, what? Or I'd be like, what? What the fuck? Uh, um, and we just turned it into a into a podcast. So I host that, and I have you and Lee and my co-hosts and editing and all of. And I just, you know what? I, I I'm not like bullshitting or anything or blowing smoke when I say when I sit down and do that podcast with you guys, or like when I do this one with you, but when I sit down and do that podcast with you two, I have so much fun. And I just, it's just a really enjoyable, like we maybe a couple of hours on a call to like do it and record it. I just really enjoy it. And we have such a laugh, especially like the great escape was a very funny one. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. If, uh, if you want to get a bit of a taste of what um, never seen is like, definitely go and listen to the great escape episode. Cause it is very, yeah. very, very funny. Yeah. I um I've got to say like on the podcasting thing, I do not judge you at all for saying that about, you know, blowing smoke up our asses because I took a little mental health break from the parlour last year and then realised, oh, actually, now my mental health is worse because <laughs> because sitting down and taking the time to, like, chat with somebody you know and like a lot about yeah. the things that you're passionate about, whether that passion is positive or negative, um, <laughs> is just, like, it's so, it's, like, such a balm to the soul, like, when everything's so fucking... Yeah. do lally at the moment i mean today in british politics oh, has been fucking mental um oh. so like just the the idea of like coming home sitting down recording with barry having a cup of tea recording with you like it's been such a fun evening even though rich isn't here that like yeah, yeah. i wholeheartedly like, even if i like i barely get any listeners i don't even care because <laughs> i have so much fun i have so much fun recording with people and then i have so much fun chatting with the handful of people that do listen yeah but like it's all worth it to me yeah um, I mean I've got to get better with the socials for it I know that I do know that <laughs> let me I'll, I'll post all sorts of stuff all the fucking I time ought to I'll, do that. Yeah, I'll yeah. annoy the shit out of everyone <laughs> I ought to do that because sh- the thing is I've linked it to my other Twitter account mm. so that's that's so it's easy for me to get to but you just know at one point I'm going to cock up that somehow no I just I, I really enjoy it I enjoy getting to watch the movies like it doesn't feel like a chore it's just that oh shit I've got to watch that right I'll do that you know and try and make notes while watching it. Now, the fun part is trying to make notes while watching something for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> but really, I should watch it and then watch it again and do notes on the second time. But no, I just... Who's got time for that? <laughs> well, that too. There's it, so much to watch. <laughs> it's There's so much to watch. And it's true, having, you know, the time where we can sit down and have it. Because the nice thing is, it's not just the chat that we do for the, the, the pod specifically. It's also the little chat we have just before which is maybe only 15, 20 minutes and then a little cheerio at the end. But it but it is a good thing because like since the pandemic and that, not to be like sad times, boo-hoo, but I don't go out socially as much as I used to. Mm, I'm not same. on rehearsals all the time because quite frankly, having a two-year break from doing the amateur shows that I did and be out like four times, and, you know, four nights a week and show to show to show was like burnout city for me. And That's actually, a lot. I yeah. And I don't miss it. And I know I'm going back to do a show soon and I hope to enjoy it and that like rekindle something. But actually, I'd be like, if I finished this one and said, right, that's it, I'm done. I'll do design work if you pay me and if I like you a lot, (laughs) I'm done. I'm like, I'm done. Mm. But when I get to do this, it's like it's the other passion I'd rather spend a bit more time doing. (laughs) Oh, like, yeah, if I could spend much more of my time watching things to talk about and being like I would happily do a a more frequent than monthly show if I thought I could watch enough stuff Mm -hmm. that I liked enough to talk about 
or hated enough to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, definitely check out Never Seen if you haven't already, folks, because I do like not to toot my own horn, but I do think it's very good. And I like the fact as well that um, that like it's always one of us sort of sharing a passion for a film as well. Like yeah. one of us will pick something we think the other two should <laughs> should yeah. see because we love it so much. Yeah. So there's always going to be at least one person who likes the film, unless it's a film all three of us haven't seen, but I don't know that there's that many of those. There's not that many. I mean, the one we recorded, which I won't give away now, but the one we just recorded now, I hadn't seen it, but you two had. But mm-hmm. it was my it was my pick because I hadn't seen it, but knew you had. So And, and we do it that way around sometimes as well. It's a bit of a mix. But it, it's still the same thing now, isn't it? Because I've not seen it, so it's all brand new. And you two have, and Lee's like master of knowledge for some of these <laughs> Um, yeah. some of them which is great and you're right it's like there's real passion for all of them so, so when we get to some of the other films that might be a bit older that might be my picks because they're my favorites and you you guys may not have seen them it's just going to be nerding out all over it <laughs> and but it's just fun so we're what is it uh never, never seen, seen underscore, underscore pod, pod yes. on twitter at never seen underscore pod on twitter so give us a follow there uh like i say we release a new episode the first of every month so give us a try give us a follow it's on podbean just like the parlor is uh so yeah come come and give us a go it's, we have really good fun it's not it's not necessarily for some sensitive ears i wouldn't play it for the children yeah but, no um because <laughs> I'm, I'm on it so of course it's not <laughs> of course of course it's not safe for work <laughs> <laughs> and then if you wanted to find me at all on on twitter when i'm not being a uh, like a drag and bitching about something or <laughs> Wishing I was in Disney World. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AngelJ5. Oh, Jenny, it's been an absolute delight to have you in the parlour again. Oh, talking about all the spooky spookums. Yeah. <laughs> Next year, let's try and watch some good ones, though, yeah? <laughs> Should we try? I mean, it's getting harder. I did try this year, to be fair. Oh. I, I genuinely thought I would like Halloween Ends, at least. Oh, me too. Um, I even tried Muppets Ma- Haunted Mansion, and it was actually too silly for me, so I had to switch it off. <laughs> Oh no. Um I do, the problem the problem that we've got is that my recording schedule is such that like those Guillermo del Toro things aren't out yet and oh, I probably God. I probably will like those. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but oh it's well. to be part 2, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Part yeah. Two. On that note everybody, hey, have a good Halloween. Get watch a load of spooky movies unless it's too scary for you and then in that case watch some different Happy things. things. Yeah, different like cushion. That works. (laughs) Oh, God. And have a lovely time. And I'll see you next month. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Do you know, when Lexi and Freddie came up, my niece and nephew came over for my birthday, uh, they said, Oh, do you want to hear our Halloween voices? And I went, Yeah, right then. And Freddie went, Halloween. And then Lexi went, (laughs) Blair. Well, I'm with Lexi. (laughs) Blair. Yeah, so um, see you later, everybody. Blair! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really fucking stupid. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com, or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. 
The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah!